Hello, and welcome to the Ground Game LA podcast. This is your host, Bo Delight, and with me today I have Moya and Pilar of Left in Los Angeles, otherwise known as Lila. Welcome, guys. Hi. Thanks for having us. Hello. Thank you for having us. Uh, it's definitely a pleasure to have you guys here. I've been following your work for a little bit, um, probably about six months now. And um, I love what you guys do about like going over the border to support, um, to, to give support there. And um, I just want to know a lot more about you guys. So um, it's really exciting to have you here. <laughs> it's exciting to be here. Thanks so much again. Yeah. Um, so I guess my first question is, um, how did Left in Los Angeles get started? So um, Left in Los Angeles, we, we abbreviate it to LILA sometimes. Um, that organization that people are becoming familiar with um, has actually had like two, two different structures. We um, actually started as a yearly gathering of feminist, queer, trans, anti-capitalist organizers in Los Angeles. But if we really want to talk about how Left in LA started, we kind of had to go back to like 2017, 2018. Um, Pilar and I, and most of the current members of Left in LA, uh, we used to be involved in the Los Angeles chapter of the DSA. Um, I was personally one of the co-founders of the uh, LGBTQ committee and the anti-oppression committee. And we have other members who were involved um, either in membership or in leadership in um, the Immigration Justice Committee. And we were doing some pretty cool things there. Um, one of my favorite memories of those times was um, the Immigration Justice Committee, which I think Pilar was one of the co-chairs of at the time. Um, we organized a uh, sit-in at one of the sheriff stations in like East Los Angeles. Oh yeah, I, um, heard, I heard about that, yeah. Yeah, so we were doing all sorts of like really cool stuff. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of us left um, the LA chapter of the DSA after um, continued moments where harassment and misconduct directed to um, our members went unaddressed. We tried to fix it, but at some point it was just a little too much. So we left the organization and we just kind of became a group of unaffiliated lefties all over again. <laughs> um, so then at that point we came up with the idea for the conference, right? Um, so we all felt that um, as a group we had kind of been left behind through bad decisions in leadership, but we were still committed to this vision of like an anti-capitalist future. And that's kind of where the name left in Los Angeles comes from. We're a group of people on the left in LA, but um, you know, now it's, uh, it, it's, it's a little larger, that name. Uh, we want left in LA to be for all the people left behind in Los Angeles. The people, you know, left without housing, people left in fear of the police, or left behind in organizing spaces that has failed to keep them safe. For sure. Um, and it's a huge job. Yeah, it is. Um, That's a lot of people. <laughs> it is a lot of people. Yeah. So like our first event in 2017, we got together like 80 people for a full day of programming around like a feminist, queer, trans, anti-capitalist future. We had like unions come by to give talks about like how to organize your workplace. Uh, we had leaders of different left organizations come talk about um, their approaches to keeping like their membership safe while they mm -hmm. do this like really important, crucial work in Los Angeles. And um, so we started that whole Left in LA conference. And then we did it again in 2018. We called it A Feminist History of Anti-Capitalism. Mm -hmm. And we had like seminars on like abolishing ICE and um, mutual aid in Puerto Rico after the hurricane yeah. and a presentation on like neurodivergency and labor. 
Um, so that's kind of like phase one of Left in LA. Mm-hmm. And then last summer also, um, you know, uh, there were a whole bunch of like Occupy ice encampments starting all over the country. Um, and we all kind of just reunited all of this, these people um, who were once in that old group. Um, we reunited to kind of plan the whole encampment in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something that like we started in like my living room and we were happy to get the whole <laughs> thing off the ground. Um, but it became a larger occupation supported by like different organizations and individuals with different visions for the encampment. Um, and then at that moment we realized, you know, we still have a lot of energy left in us to organize. So we should kind of form a more cohesive group that can like articulate our visions and our shared goals. Yeah. And then that is where left in LA or left <laughs> in Los Angeles, Lila, or the Spanish version um, when we're organizing with Spanish speaking communities, Los Olvidados LA. That's, that's kind of how we started. Wow. Kind of a long story, but I think it's yeah. important to like show like where we came from. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful history. And it's, I feel like that's something that a lot of Angelinos can definitely identify with of like being left behind. Um, even as an LA native, like my entire life, you still, you see people around you moving forward when you feel like you're being pushed back, but like you have all of this passion still inside of you to actually make a change or like make something happen. So once you're able to like find similar individuals that have those same goals, it's like, that's, that's how you get organizing off the ground. Oh yeah. And you got to stick together. Yes. Definitely. Uh, Pilar, did you have anything to add about any of the history of uh, I think Lila? Moya covered the history very well. Um, I'm happy to talk to you about um, a little bit of what we're doing now. Yeah. No, that's definitely my next question is uh, what exactly are you guys working on at the moment? Sure. So right now we're meeting about twice a month. Uh, we have focused a lot in doing internal work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because of the history that Moya talked about, we are putting a lot of the work to make sure that all members are in the same page about our politics, Mm -hmm. but also, you know, about how we want to go about organizing. Um, So we are working on a mutual aid network for our members, uh, which provides both um, material support, skill sharing, or emotional um, support and uh, camaraderie. Uh, For example, we are training for our members on disaster preparedness uh, and trying to raise funds to provide all of the members with first aid kits and other basic needs in case of a disaster. Mm -hmm. And so we hope that we can start with our membership, but through our members knowing this, if something happens or when something happens in terms of a natural disaster or another emergency, you know, we would also be able to share those skills with the communities that we live in. Um, mutual aid work is a really important um, and critical part for Lila, um, and it's really informed by the experiences that we all went through prior to becoming left in LA. Um, you know, in the I, we felt that in the left there is often a perception that caring for members is not part of the quote unquote real work, or mm-hmm. that it gets mm-hmm. in the way of the real work. Um, Whereas we, all the members of LILA, see mutual aid as an essential part um, of communist organizing that helps create spaces that don't function like 
the spaces that we inhabit because of capitalism. So mm -hmm. we push against notions of productivity for productivity's sakes, right? Mm -hmm. um, of, you know, we have this two-hour meeting and we have to get through all of this. Um, you know, sometimes you have to offer people a space to be vulnerable. Uh, that's, I think, essential to the long-term ability of people to continue to organize. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, a lot of membership, uh, uh, the majority of our members really come from, um, you know, working class backgrounds. They're people of color, uh, LGBTQIA. So, uh, you know, it's, it, it is the people that often have been left behind. Um, and we want to make sure that we're taking care of them as humans too, not just as organizers. Yeah. Um, so, so that's what a lot of the, what we've been doing, figuring out internally uh, how our organize, uh, organization is going to work. Uh, but uh, we are also um, doing some of external work, which most of it has been focused on immigration efforts. Mm -hmm. um, I think both because we have a lot of members that come from immigrant backgrounds, uh, but also a lot of us have a passion for immigration justice. Um, and you know, we live in Los Angeles, uh, which is has huge community, uh, immigrant communities. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're really, um, you know, committed to that work. Um, and mostly right now we're working on helping to provide uh, aid uh, to, uh, to an immigrant, to a migrant shelter in Sonora. So it's in the uh, southern side of the border. Mm -hmm. uh, unlike many of the shelters that have popped up around the, the border, many of which have been here for, for a long time, they tend to be run by charities like mm -hmm. Catholic churches or um, you know similar entities. Right. And this particular shelter is actually run by the migrants that live there. Wow. So it's self-managed. Uh, they you know uh, make decisions about uh, you know everything from the food that they cook to the comings and goings of folks. Um, and, and it's not, you know, an organization coming from the outside and telling them you have to be, there's a curfew and this is when we serve meals and we have to pray before meals. That happens in a lot of the, the, right, the shelters. Right. Um, so for, I guess, the past, what, six or eight months, um, we have been taking trips down to the southern border, uh, uh, in, in actually in, in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, we, we both fundraise here in LA uh, to, um, you know, kind of bigger projects that they need, for example, uh, during uh, the, the season, whether there's a lot of storms, they needed, they were at full capacity and needed tents mm -hmm. for folks not to be sleeping out, literally like in the ground. Right. Uh, so we were f able to quickly fundraise for that. We raised about $500 that, we donated to the folks that are there on the ground so they could buy the tents. Yeah. Uh, but we also have taken trips and deliver clothing, toiletries, food, um, things that, you know, kind of are o ongoing. Um, they need it in an ongoing basis. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a lot of the work that we do through the shelter. Um, I think another important part of it is trying to build uh, a community of immigrant Ju uh, immigration justice activists, mm -hmm. uh, not just in LA, but when we go there, we meet with other folks that are doing border solidarity work. Um, so 
people from activists from No More Deaths, mm-hmm. uh, from the Ajo Samaritans, which is a tiny little town in the border, uh, also from Pueblo Sin Fronteras, uh, or People Without Borders yeah. in, in English. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really a learning experience. Um, you know, we met with activists that are doing some of the hardest work at the border, like, you know, delivering uh, or providing um humanitarian aid Mm -hmm. going into like really rough terrain to try to recover bodies and you know meeting with these folks and hearing about the work that that they're doing um was incredibly sort of eye-opening for us Uh, so we also tried to provide um you know a space for different groups doing immigration work uh to come together as well yeah and that's that's something that's really important is making that sort of allyship with other organizations that have the same goal in mind that that you do because that's that's there's more people therefore there's more power and that's how you get things to to actually change and to actually happen um and what interests me most about the shelter as well is i don't think people really understand what these shelters actually look like um, since you have actually been there, would you mind describing what what the shelters actually look like? Sure. So um, I've been to several. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about the one mm-hmm. um, in, in Sonora, like I said, that, that we work with the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first went there, uh, it was in this transition period um, where Lila hadn't yet, quote unquote, been formed. Um, so I went independently with some other friends and... Um, it was literally this lot that was fenced in um, and tents had been set up. Uh, and, it, you know, people were, were essentially kind of camping. Mm-hmm. Um, there were no restrooms. Um, there was no kitchen. People were, you know, you would cook over an open fire, kind mm-hmm. of like a, a fire pit, right? Um, and so that's that's one of the things that we've worked on we've created not just us but yeah. other groups uh like pueblos sin fronteras shelter uh, shelters for hope no more deaths uh we've built a kitchen which is like now covered um there are three di- you know bathrooms actually mm-hmm. and, and two showers and we're working on building like um essentially like living quarters right uh which will have the capacity for about between 100 to 120 people um so now it's it looks a lot better uh it's so far uh we've gotten through one third of the building that now has a roof and it's completely you know it's actually livable Mm -hmm. um and we're continuing to fundraise for the other two thirds um yeah so i mean that's I think it looks a lot better now. It's been a huge transformation. Right. But it it's definitely something that to continue to to be able to provide shelter um, and, you know, essentially a safe haven for, for these migrants that are, you know, walking literally thousands of miles. Um, so one of the things is even as we continue to build the, and then finish the construction. The there's going to be an ongoing need for for material support, right? right. Um, the people that live there, they don't stay there permanently. So mm-hmm. there's always new groups coming through, and so issues around food, um, you know, uh, clothing, 
shoes, all of that is it's gonna there's gonna be a continued need there. Yeah. And this is this is actually the work that um, that caught my attention to Lila. Um, because I didn't really know of any organizations that were actually going to the people that needed the help and actually providing help. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, um, and you know, when I, we started Lila, I kind of brought this and, and said, you know, I'm, I'm gonna continue doing this work. Does Lila, do, do we wanna do it through Lila or not? Mm-hmm. And I think what I loved about our membership is that we don't, we don't just focus on, you know, the things that maybe catch the most attention or that are going to get you the most Twitter followers or whatever, like there really is a need that the people that are organizing, for example, in the Arizona border, they're tiny towns, like 3000 people. They have right wing militias that have come through Ajo in like horses and like, you know, fully armed to intimidate, uh, the the activists there so you know these communities need the support of other organizers and i think you know when we go there and come from la um like it does build community but it also like they feel really touched that there Mm -hmm. are people hundreds of miles away that want to help with their efforts um and they're saving lives you know the here in la we're not close enough to to be able to like do this on a weekly basis Mm -hmm. um you know trips to the desert um, and the communities and the activists that are out there that are doing that work really do need support from from larger organizations, from um, you know, from other activists yeah. as well. So, how can individuals within Los Angeles that are interested in doing the same or similar work that you are doing right now help you guys? Right now, I think the um, first thing on our mind right now is. Uh, fundraising Mm -hmm. to support um, some of the efforts that we're doing. Um, One of the things that we've been actually doing as Lila is kind of like a soft fundraising type of launch is um, hosting uh, community garage sales. So we've had um, our members kind of um, volunteer their front yard. Uh, We've collected a lot of donations either from our members or from other people who support us who want to donate clothes shoes, um, backpacks, furniture, mm-hmm. We've, um, and we, we kind of sort through all of it and see what we can take to the actual um, shelters, and what we can't, we sell. And then we use those funds to fundraise for um, just the ongoing costs of um, the shelters, and also for some of our um, internal mutual aid work. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to you know, plug here that the uh, next garage sale is happening on Saturday, May 18th. This is 2019, by the way, if you're listening <laughs> to this in the far off year of 2025 or whatever. Um, but uh, so Saturday, May 18th, 2019, um, from around 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, we haven't released the location yet, but it'll be somewhere in West Adams. And if people want to um, follow us and uh, support us that way, uh, we're on Twitter at, um, at Los Olvidados LA. Um, and um, so someone can follow us there and we usually put up the um, location for the next uh, garage sale somewhere on there Um, so you know we're a new organization so any support helps if someone wants to donate stuff they can DM us Um, we're very responsive on there and we just spend the whole day kind of hanging out selling stuff to people talking to people in the community about 
what um, they're about their their community and about who we are. And um, we also invite everyone um, who wants to come and meet us and talk to us and just kind of get to know us a little better to come through to these like public events that we post about on Twitter. Um, we're always happy to meet allies in the struggle and people who you know might be interested in joining Lila in the future. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I will definitely be there. Oh, um, <laughs> great. Yes, um, I'm very excited. Um, what are you guys working on right now? So we're working internally in um, creating the mutual aid network mm-hmm. and uh, you know, kind of figuring out ways in which we can provide um, either financial or other type of help to one another. Uh, we're doing skill sharing, so one of the things that we're doing through that is the uh, disaster preparedness mm-hmm. um, and you know, kind of sharing those skills with, with our uh, members. Uh, externally, a lot of the work that we're doing is focused on the migrant shelter. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna go down again to Sonora in about two weeks, uh, the end of the month. Okay. Um, so that's one, one way in which, you know, if people have, you know, clothes or toiletries that they wanna donate, or if they can throw a few dollars to our PayPal, um, we are gonna be, you know, buying stuff um, and, and getting donations for, for that trip in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. We also have um, a film screening series in the works. Oh, wow. We want to start doing um, kind of like uh, film screenings about some topics that uh, we think are important to have discussions about, and those will also be open and free for anyone to come, um, watch a film with us, and then have a little discussion about it and the topics that the film releases. That's awesome. And that's something that's going to help the community around you because you're going to get a lot of people that maybe don't know the work that um, that you're doing and will engage with you in that way um, and really get a lot more of the knowledge that they might be looking for and need from you guys directly through these film screenings. That's so exciting. Yeah. Well, you know, we're a we're a new org, too. So there's a. There's a lot of stuff that's in the works that we're just, you know, working at the kinks in. And um, the best place to keep track of what we're doing is at our Twitter page. So my final question for you guys is how does one become a member of Lila? That's a great question. So we don't really have like set membership rules. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's just not the way that we organize. Uh, We think. Uh, the best way is, you know, come through, come get to know us, see the, the things that are important to us. Um, you can, you know, come by the garage sales once we start the movie nights. And, you know, we don't have, like, you do three events and then you're in, right? Um, we kind of want to p- push against that mentality of mm-hmm. you do things for us and then you get to be, like, in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just... We want to encourage people to come by, uh, see if they like what we're doing. Um, we also want to be flexible in that, you know, there might be people that can't commit, uh, you know, a great amount of time or, you know, effort, uh, but want to be able to help in, in some way. Maybe they have like a garage where we can keep donations for the shelter. Um, you don't need to be a member to like help out in our work. Yeah. Maybe you have like a great, you know, front yard and you want to help us host our next um, community yard sale. Mm -hmm. So we want to be open-minded in that way and really kind of, you know, push back on this, like, 
car carry membership mentality. Yeah. Um, does that does that make sense? Yeah. No, it definitely does. So thank you guys for being here. Um, I really appreciate you being my first podcast. You, your organization, Lila, is very close to my heart, and I follow your work a lot. Um, <laughs> and I love what you guys are doing, and I love that I get to support you guys in the best way that I can. Like having you on our podcast, sending you some money on that PayPal account, <laughs> following you on Twitter, making sure that I have all of all of the activity that Lila is is going through, and um, being a part of the the upcoming garage sale. And I'm really excited for the the film series as well oh yeah we're excited too thank you so much for having us by the way what an honor to be your (laughs) first yeah thank you so much all right thank you to our listeners on soundcloud and wherever you get your podcasts this has been Bo delight with ground game la podcast and um thank you all for working on your micro to help the macro time has come for us what I have said is that I have no ambition at all. I feel myself sincerely. I don't ambition power, only nothing, only to say. Things may not be immediately discernible in what a man writes, and in this sometimes he is fortunate. But eventually they are quite clear, and by these and the degree of alchemy that he possesses, he will endure or be forgotten. And we Southerns can only urge upon our successes the younger followers to realize the measure of their opportunities and to rise to the heights of their responsibilities in this day of electricity. Moreover, when the issues at hand seem as perplexing as they often do, in the case of this